Welcome to episode 229 of the Whatnots Review Show, where every week we pick a story and we talk about it. This could be a movie, TV series, anime, manga, comic book, audio drama, all kinds of entertainment. We watch it, read it, listen to it, and then we come back here and we talk about it. My name is Melissa Wilkinson, and I am joined by Kyle Springer on this spooky Halloween special. Yeah, we're all dressed up in costume. I am Pizza Lord. <laughs> Bow to me in my pizza-ness. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then, Melissa, you are dressed as Black Swan. Honk. Honk, honk. Honk. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I gave myself the challenge of dressing up as something from the past year of the review show. Yeah. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I'm I, like, oh, this is all in the makeup. This is the easiest thing for me to do. I, I, I will join you on that endeavor next year if we stick to it. And that's what, what we decide to, to do. I think that's a good idea. Uh, but I... I I saw I saw this like pizza mask thing <laughs> at Target. We have the whole inside joke on the captain's log that I'm yeah. pizza lord. So I was yes. just like, you know what? I I I have to chew. That is like the the perfect step up from me not being Jughead for four years <laughs> in a row. <laughs> I love this pizza mask because you can combine it with yeah. so many other looks. I'd love to see you in the pizza mask and just a very nice suit and tie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Pizza man. Pizza Lord means business. (laughs) (laughs) Starting his pizza business empire. (laughs) Mm. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, Melissa, it is Halloween weekend. Uh, Yeah. Do you have any kind of plans for Halloween or are you just staying home? Uh, tonight I've got some uh, a friend coming over. We're going to watch The Shining, a personal favorite of mine. There my roommate, my new roommate's going to join us. She's like, is that the hotel movie? I've never seen the hotel movie. Can I watch? We're going to make hot dog mummies. And tomorrow I've got my office party and cool. our department's group costume theme is Clue. But we're not just going to be the people from Clue. We can be any element of Clue. So I'm dressing up as the billiards room. <laughs> there you go. Good stuff. Good stuff. I I don't have very many plans uh, for Halloween. Uh, we are going to be carving a pumpkin tonight. Uh, it's been sitting on our porch, but uncarved. Uh, and so now we will decide what that that pumpkin will be. And figure that stuff out. But besides that, we're just chilling. I, I, we we already rewatched Over the Garden Wall. Uh, oh, good. Which is f- such a fantastic sh- sh- show. Um, but that's about it. Just passing out candy. Nice. What candy did you get to pass out? Oh, man. Uh, we got these like these Snickers with like the nougat inside is green. Oh, um, we also a reptar got, bar. Uh, yeah, something like that. Uh, we got uh, like a mix of lollipops or like Tootsie Pop, Pop Pops. And there was something else that we got that I forget. Uh, I don't remember what it was off the top of my head. I did see I, I was hoping to get at some point um, and we, we 
couldn't find like a big bag of them. They only have them in like small boxes for like a personal size mm. thing. But they have mini fruit roll-ups now. It's oh! not the, f- f- the full size, but they have like smaller ones. And I was like, oh, my oh gosh, man, that would be so cool to like mix in there with the candy and, and have that. But they did not. So oh you well. unroll it and it's just the size of a post-it note. That's it, so cute. Kind of. Yeah. It's it's like in there. And it's it's yeah, it's just like it's not the full full thing, but just a small little snacks. <laughs> so cute. Oh, well, but we are not here to talk about the stuff that's mm. happening in our universe. Melissa, <gasps> we're here to talk about what's happening in the Twilight Zone. Yes. Uh, This is formatted kind of like our sitcom specials in the past where you and I would give each other three episodes of a personal favorite show that the other person doesn't really know. But we both know The Twilight Zone. We wanted to talk about it. And it's one of those old shows that has a season of like 35 episodes. Yeah. So we're like, (laughs) let's each pick three episodes and we'll talk about these six. And I think we've got a real interesting mix of Twilight Zone episodes. This was fun. We do, yeah. This was a lot of fun. I I have very, very fond memories of the Twilight Zone. Around this time of year, this is what me and my family would do, is we would just put the Twilight Zone on, because it's on, like, all Halloween weekend yeah. on a marathon on some channel. It's sci-fi channel. channel. They'll yeah. do it all the time. They do frequently have done it for New Year's Day. And I think yep, like that too. Fourth of July weekend once. Interesting. Um, yeah. And so that like that's what we would do is we just put that on. We'd binge watch it. We'd make pizza. We'd make snacks. We'd do all mm. sorts of stuff. And we just hang out on Halloween weekend and nice New Year's. Right. And uh, all, all, all that, that, that good stuff. So I've seen a lot of twilight zone uh at one point at like uh, when we were shopping at costco we found the box set of like the dvds here they all are seasons one through like 12 uh there's five seasons this thing divided them up into like 10 seasons so i don't know that was the thing. So we we ended up watching these episodes on uh, on Paramount Plus. Uh, yeah, I did notice that the first two seasons were available on Pluto TV for free, oh. which actually covered most of what we watched. We only mainly watched stuff from the first two seasons. I think yeah, we got a little in season one three of, the, 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 of them. Yeah, but that's the thing. Is like it. it Paramount Plus had seasons one through five. I don't know if that was all of the episodes, period, or I think so, because that like I I distinctly remember this box set being like, here's seasons one through ten. So I don't know if this broke it up further. Well, maybe there was like a later revival of the show. This was all the old stuff there. There are like more recent revivals. So. 
I don't know. Like the way they did seasons back in the day was very different from the way television does them now. Yeah. So maybe they were also dividing them up by like the year they aired or mm. stuff like there may have been some extra thing in there. But uh, yes, there is a at, at the very least a good majority of them on Paramount Plus. Uh, that's where you can go check them out. Um, but. Melissa, what episodes did we watch? Okay, we watched episode one, Where Is Everybody? And then we watched uh, episode 22, The Monsters Are Due on Maple Street. We watched uh, episode 34, The After Hours. That's all in season one. Mm -hmm. And then we watched... Uh, oh, Long Distance Call. That was uh, season two, episode 22. We watched, um, oh, The Howling Man. Where's The Howling Man? Oh, that one's also season, season, season two, yeah. episode five, the howling, uh, the howling Man. And then finally, It's a Good Life. That's the one I think Se was in season three. Yes. Season three, episode eight, It's a Good Life. Yeah, so your picks were episode one. Where is everybody? Mm -hmm. Monsters are due on Maple Street and Long Distance Call. And I picked The After Hours, The Howling Man, and It's a Good Life. Indeed. So what, what is your experience with The Twilight Zone? Uh, same as most people's, I think. I, it wasn't a show we watched as, as regularly, as traditionally as I think you watched it, but you know, I come from a sci-fi family. We'd turn those marathons on. Yeah. I, I think I got a DVR for the first time mm. shortly before one of those marathons. So it's like, oh, I can record a bunch of specific episodes. It's not just whatever is on when I turn the TV on. So I That's did cool. a bunch yeah. of that when I was in like high school at some point. I know all the pop culture references, how many episodes of The Simpsons Treehouse of Horror that are taken from Twilight Zone. My nephew grew up loving the show. And when he was 10 years old, he dressed up as Rod Serling for Halloween. That's awesome. And he he's got a little suit. He's got a fake cigarette and he had his face painted entirely black and white. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> and he'd go door to door trick or treating, giving them the opening spiel. I, I wish we I don't know if we still have pictures Whoa, of this. It's probably amazing. on like an old. Right. It's on like a mid 2000 cell phone somewhere. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. The, the, the Twilight Zone is such an interesting thing because, yeah, they did try to do like a modern day revival of it. Uh, yeah. I, I think in the early 2000s is the first one that they did. Uh, and then they did a more recent one with uh, Jordan. Kale being the host, yes. I have not watched either of them, um, so I I can't really speak to if they're good or not. I I, I don't think the mid two thousands one was super. Well yeah, I don't received. know anything about that one. Um, I don't really know much about the Jordan Peele one either, but I think it's just because Paramount Plus is not that uh, prevalent of a streaming service. Yeah. Like the only person I know with Paramount Plus is my dad who's watching it for like Yellowstone and old Star Trek. 
Yeah, and then and then there's me who's constantly like, watch the offer on Paramount Plus. Yeah. People do good. like the offer. It's great. People are talking a lot about the offer, but I don't know if I've heard anybody who's like, I got Paramount Paramount Plus for the offer, and then I went back and checked out that Twilight. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um. So, but but yeah, it's it's wild to me because. The, the the stories that they tell on the Twilight Zone are often very, very simple. Uh, yes. Just, just real quick stories, just a real quick like what if scenario. Uh, but they often do such a great job that there's they're still cool to watch today. They're still it's just there might be some cheesy effects here and oh, there yeah. some weird costumes of just like what is this this is ridiculous um but it's still just it's fun it's fun to watch and even in its creepiest moments it's still just like wow that was actually a really interesting story like that like huh okay that that's kind of creepy i enjoyed that yeah. that was really fun um there's so, uh, yeah we, i i think we, we 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 have a good grab bag of yeah. that today in the ones that we picked of just stuff that's like that was a good story or oh that was interesting what mm-hmm. a weird costume or what a weird <laughs> effect or, or stuff like that right yeah yeah we've got some just sort of speculative fiction we've got the more metaphorical symbolical folly of man stories we've got a true horror story what i think it's a good life is one of the scariest things to exist in any yeah. form. The Twilight Zone is such an an example of doing a lot with a little and like how much you can do with like a limited budget, limited set pieces, limited actors. Absolutely. Uh, showing a lot of stuff off screen. Not that this is a cheap show, but just it's produced in like the 1960s. Like there's only so much a TV episode could be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, I, I, I still re- recommend it. It's fun to just go check yeah. out, do some research on like, what are the best Twilight Zone episodes out there? And just at least go check that stuff out or like yeah. kind of dead is like, what are the scariest? What are the spookiest? Right. And just take a list like that and, and guide yourself to, through it. Uh, I, I think that'll be a great time. Great time indeed. Um, do you have any other kind of final things to say before we dive into spoilers and stuff after? after No, no, I think let's go ahead and do the housekeeping, do the spoilers. There's not much of a synopsis we can offer. It's it's the Twilight Zone. You know it. (laughs) You'll love it. (laughs) Yeah. There's a signpost. The next tower up ahead, the Twilight Zone. Right. Um, There's a signpost. Our next segment up ahead, spoilers, after we take a sharp left turn at the mysterious void of housekeeping. Exactly. Uh, With that, we will be right back. We put a lot of hard work into the shows that we make. And yes, we make multiple different shows here at The Whatnots. And we'd love it if you check them all out. You can find out more information on our website at thewhatnots.com, as well as your favorite podcasting platform of choice. When you type in The Whatnots, all of our shows will pop up right there. Just don't forget to give us a nice rating and review if you like the shows. If you want to support what we do here at The Whatnots, patreon.com slash thewhatnots is the best place to do that. 
You can support us for as little as a dollar a month. You can get all kinds of exclusive content at the $3 tier. You can also get a shout out and a thank you on all of our shows at the $5 tier. You can support us on Twitch by subscribing to our channel at twitch.tv slash the whatnots. And we would love to have you all join us for our live streams and talk with us in the chat. And lastly, we have merch. If you'd like to grab yourself a shirt or a sweatshirt or a mug or something else, go to the whatnots.com slash store to pick up some merch today. And we are back. Big shout out to all of our Patreon supporters. We thank you a ton. It means a lot. Thank you. Uh, For our Pilots Club, our Patreon exclusive podcast for all of you at the $3 tier. uh, This past month here in October, we uh, discussed the pilot of Mockingbird Lane, which is a modern day take on the Munsters, co-created by Brian Fuller. Never made it to a full series, mm. but it was aired as a Halloween special uh, some years ago. Uh, and then I believe right after this, Melissa, you and I are mm-hmm. recording the Pilots c- Club on Mystery Incorporated. It is a uh, live action take on the Scooby-Doo mythos. Um and it was from some some indie film makers. Their names I don't know off the t- top of my head, but we'll have that info in the episode when we talk about it. Uh, but it is very much a d- d- Riverdale inspired yeah. t- take on uh, on on Scooby Doo Mystery Incorporated. Uh, so uh, if you're interested in that, that will be up for November uh, in early November. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Well, let's see. That being said, here on the review show, we've gotten into all kinds of spooky stuff yeah. this whole month. We watched Happy Death Day. Happy Death Day to you. Uh, we read some Junji Ito comics. Uh, we read his anthology called, uh, oh God, what was the Shiver. name? Shiver. Yeah, Shiver. Shiver was great. Shiver was fantastic. It was that was also very Twilight Zone like in yes. some of them. Uh, but yeah, some real sp- spooky stuff in that. Uh, the after after that, we watched. Um, oh God, my mind is blanking on everything now. Help oh, me, we Melissa. watched the the Abominable Doctor Fibes, yes. which is a 1971 Vincent Price movie, and boy, is it a trip. That one was fun. That one was that one was a blast. <laughs> I, I mentioned that one to my parents, and my dad knew it immediately. He was like, "Oh yeah, that was a good one. That's a classic." Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, this past week, we watched season one of Servant uh, on Apple TV Plus. Uh, this is from M Night Shyamalan. Uh, when it's what what starts out as a creepy doll horror turns into so much more yeah. the twists and turns and that one is just a mild in it uh that was an, an interesting one to watch because it just it, the breakneck speed as in which it goes from this kind of horror to that kind to this kind to that it's wild uh, so go check all of that stuff mm-hmm. out uh we've had some fun on the captain's log to uh we were in costume for the captain's log this past week as 
well and we did our Halloween tradition of taking stories and stuff that we have told on the captain's log, things that have happened in real life to Melissa or me, uh, mm-hmm. and and we have twisted those into horror stories. Uh, yeah. We imagine them, and that was a blast. We, we always it's have a so lot fun, of fun every year. Yeah. Yeah. And instead of uh, our our Rod Serling presenting these Twilight Zone as horror tales is some sort of fast food homunculus named Mick Rib Sterling. Yep. <laughs> he is. He's our Rod Serling. Uh, <laughs> there's there's all sorts of like crazy lore with him. It's fun. Uh, but yeah. And then uh, for the reactor core. Uh, be on the lookout for some more stuff coming up. Uh, we we're gonna have some more reactions of a of of Star Wars Andor as that uh comes out. I I I don't think I'm gonna do one on Star Wars Tales of the Jedi. Uh, mm. but that one, God, that that anthology was incredible. Go watch oh, that. I highly recommend it. And it, even if you don't know too much about Star Wars, I think it is a an effective like here's these smaller vignettes. Uh, you get to see a young Count Dooku and, and a young Qui-Gon Jinn. You get to huh. see the birth of Ahsoka. Uh, you get just, 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 you get to see some really neat moments in that. And I highly recommend it. Um, but yeah. I think that is about it for housekeeping. So let's get into spoilers and start breaking down these episodes of The Twilight Zone. Here we are in spoiler territory. Melissa, I think we have to start with episode one. Yes. Where is everybody? Uh, This was the one they chose to kick off the entire show with. I thought, hey, this would be an interesting tone piece to start out with. Why not just start with episode one? Uh, so what did you think of where is everybody? It. I was watching it and I felt like it was a story that could have been accomplished in a shorter amount of time. Like I could see this as just like a real quick in and out, like 12 minute short film somewhere. Sure. Yeah. But I think the 25 minute length does get you more into our main character's head space. And how much all the isolation is wearing on him because he just walks in the small town one day. He's lost. He doesn't know where he's going. He feels like he's been in some sort of an accident. Like he can't remember anything about himself. Doesn't really remember who he is. Yeah. yeah, He's he's healthy. He feels fine. You just can't remember anything. And he's like, let me go into town. Let me get some food. Let me find some answers. And nobody's there. You can't find anybody. It's like a fully living town. It's not a ghost town, you know, he goes into a diner and there's like food back there in the kitchen that he can cook for himself, but there's not a single human soul. And you just watch him wander around this town for at least like a day. And he's like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. I mean, in my mind, it's a little bit longer than that, but they're not really like he, and he spent two weeks. They're just like, he's at this point place can't find anyone and it's driving them nuts um and the the thing that i find scary about this is that there's there's little hints and clues that there Mm -hmm. are people there there are like 
they're, they're maybe they're hiding or they're mm. they're they're somehow evading him. But there's just these little hints that people are watching or 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 stuff like that. He gets into the local d- diner. No one's there. He hops behind the counter. He g- 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 goes in the back. And the, there is a f- fresh pot of coffee still. Hot yeah, there you can see this, the steam. And so it's like someone had to have made that. Like someone had to have put that on there and hit the button to like start the coffee. But no one is there. Right. He I think there's another time he he's also in the diner or something and he sees a cigarette that's in a yeah. in ash tray and it's it's smoking. It's just like it, so, someone was here just a second yeah. ago. Yeah, and that, that is so spooky. Like that is just like. What is happening here? What is going on? Why am I the only one here? Where is everyone? Yeah. Why are they avoiding me? Um, yeah. And he goes through so many possibilities. He's like, am I hallucinating this? Is this yeah. a dream? But he picks up this like flyer in the soda shop that's like, congrats to our local basketball team. Here's the rest of their games for the season. Here's the high yeah. schools they're going to. Here's the teams they're playing. And he's like, I would not invent this level of detail. I can't dream this. This has to be real. Yeah. And um, it, it turns out that all these things I, I, I think are supposed to be hints at like who he is and who his identity is. He must have been a basketball player at his at that yeah. high school. He eventually stumbles into the movie theater that night because all the lights oh, start yeah. coming on. Uh, and he, he realizes based on like what's been playing and stuff like that, that he was in the air for horse. And so yeah. he, he stumbles in the movie theater being like, Hey, I was in the air force. I was a pilot. I was in the air. And yeah. just no one is there. Uh, yeah. It's just, he's, He's trying to find someone to help him just to figure out who he is, just to get some food, a place to sleep, what is happening. And he just can't figure it out. Um, but, yeah, he, he, he keeps b- being drawn into these places of, of mm. like, oh, I need food. So I'll go to the di- 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 diner. Oh, there's a vehicle. Maybe I can go to the next t- town. He opens up the car door because he thinks he sees someone inside yeah. it. Yeah. It's a mannequin. And she just falls out uh, and he has this like moment of desperation where he's just sitting there talking to the mannequin. He's like, you believe me, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, but then it it, like the 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 whole twist on this Mm. first one is that he is training to be an astronaut that they have uh, stuck him in this isolation chamber to just be by himself and regardless of or mostly regardless of what happens in this isolation chamber he needs to get used to being by himself no matter what he hallucinates he thinks what his reactions are he needs to be by himself and so yes he is in this chamber being observed by mm-hmm. these other military people uh, to kind of evaluate him. Uh, what did you think of the twist? Like, is is that like did did you 
know that that's what it was gonna be or did 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 you were you unsure unsure still and then it, it hit and you're like oh okay that makes sense well i think i had seen this one before and i did remember that this was an isolation test but gotcha. i forgot that all of it is in his head he is just in like a little yeah just like a little observation chamber hooked up to all these machines and the machines are like projecting this like mental simulation like yeah. the town he's in is not a real space he's in some sort of a matrix area and that part i forgot about and he, i think he in real life he has lasted quite a long time in that chamber it has been like two weeks or something even if it doesn't feel like that to him yeah. in his mind and uh all the generals and everybody are like this is still really hard. We haven't quite cracked it, but I think we're making progress. And it's all in the name of getting up there to that moon. And the episode ends with like, he's, he's ill. He's made himself sick being in this chamber. He's being like carted away by these generals like, to be taken to like a healthcare facility. And he looks up to the moon and he's like, we'll get you no matter what it takes. We'll get up there. Yeah. We'll and this was from, uh, <laughs> da, da, da. yeah, this was from 1959. Yeah, a whole ten years before Moon. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the I I I feel like for a speculative sci-fi horror show that yeah. the Twilight Zone turned into, I think this was a great one to start out with, just because it has that really good twist. It has the horror stuff of like, is he alone? We don't know. Um, and 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 then yeah, it does have that that sci-fi t- twist show it of like yeah like hey the space race is happening like yeah it's, it's just starting we are trying to get to the moon yeah and this was something that was on people's mind of just like how mm. do we build a rocket how do we build a spaceship to get to the yeah. moon so this one's really non-judgmental like after he gets out of the chamber you learn that he willingly subjected himself to this he's like i yeah. know this is part of the training to be an astronaut to go to the moon it's not like these generals like shoved him in there against his will it's not a, a an episode about the con it's an episode about the consequences we pay consciously what we decide to pull our put ourselves through not what we're forcing other people to go through right in, yeah in the name of progress he's like i know i will have to go through this painful unnatural isolation to get to the moon and it's worth it for me yeah yeah good stuff good stuff i liked that mm-hmm. one a lot well, it was a one... really oh go ahead well our next one is the monsters are due on maple street and these were a really interesting pair of episodes to watch back to back because the first episode is about the dangers of not uh the dangers of no people and this episode is about the, the dangers, dangers of, of people. people. Yeah. <laughs> so no matter no matter what situation you're in, you can't win. According to the Twilight <laughs> Zone, I watch these two and I'm like, well, what's the answer, Rod? How many people am I supposed to be around at any given time? Because it's one about how horrible it is to be alone. And the next one's about like the dangers of like mob mentality and like intercommunity suspicion. Yeah, it's like it's I the, don't. It's the whole like, I don't red know. scare, xenophobic, right. just like you're an outsider. But 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 you do this weird thing at night, and I don't really know what it is. And it's <laughs> kind of suspicious. Um, I I will say I, this was one of your picks. I know yep. that the monsters are due on Maple Street is a classic, and I think it does hold 
a great symbolic metaphorical value. But looking at it at the surface as a literal story, these people are so dumb, I can't buy it. I, I, I still think it holds up to day, 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 day because of the kind of tale it is telling. Um, like, yeah, like this is the mob mentality. And let's be, be honest, sometimes that mob, mob mentality can just be so dumb. Like someone will say, but like, but you do this thing. You step. I, I saw you staring up at the sky. Like, what does that mean? And, th- th- and then everyone is just like, yeah, what does that mean? Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what what bugs me about it is that. So it's just this really cute suburban neighborhood. Everyone's out on their lawns, you know, d- doing housework, playing, reading a magazine in a lawn chair, whatever. And then this like mysterious light passes overhead and all their electricity goes out. And they're like, what was that? Was that a meteor or something? Was it a solar flare? Where's our power? Why won't our cars start? And this one boy, the the only child you see in the entire thing, he's like, I read something like this in one of my comic books. It was an alien that came down to Earth. The alien's plan was to infiltrate the people. He was disguised just like one of them. And he took away all their power. And everyone's like, that couldn't happen. And it's the fact that, (laughs) right. It's, I under, if this was a story where aliens were already proven to exist and it was about this community figuring out, oh, one of us must be an alien. That must be the cause of this. We are being sabotaged. We are being infiltrated. I get that. But the fact that they like a boy's like, I read something about this in a comic book. And then everybody's like, well, the comic book must be true. The comic book says there's an alien. There must be an alien here. It's that leap. It's that jump that I can't get past. Because it's it's not necessarily that they don't believe him at first. And even like as it continues, they're still skeptical of that. Like we're believing the kid with the comic book story. Like, mm. the, like they they mentioned that, but it's it's not it's not really that th- this neighborhood is taking this leap of faith. Like the, this is doing what I think a lot of great sci-fi ends up doing is it is a metaphor for something else. Just I, once I know, moved, I, I know, know that. You know, but like, but like that is that is what's so like what's so good good about this one and it like it just that's why it's it still holds up today in my mind even if it is ridiculous that they're like it was an alien a ufo but it 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 is this just i mean if they took this literal of like we've been infiltrated by communists or it's the russian spies or it's it's the who knows what right like it's the exact same stuff of of mm. it like they said they would they look just like us they'd plant them they might not even know that they're spies and they like the they did this and they've been activated and now that and it's just once that seed has been planted they they start jumping to more and more ridiculous c- claims um and they start blaming, well, like, why is your electricity on? Mm. What, what, what did you do? Why are you behind this? And he's like, I don't know why my electricity is on. I'm here with you. Like, mm-hmm. I, 
um like that stuff is all very scary uh and it it happens today it happens online it happens in real life all that stuff is man it it hits so close to home still today and i think that's why i like this one so much this is one of my favorites um that it's just man it's just it's such a good little like parable of like this is kind of what happens when you're in that situation right Mm -hmm. i like i said i understand it on that level it's just i can't I can't put myself real (laughs) right. I can't put myself in the shoes of these people who are like, oh, the power went out in the neighborhood. It must be an alien. Aliens are real. (laughs) One of them is right here. It's the the initial jump of, well, there's some sort of supernatural threat. I get the part. I get like step B. I don't understand step A. I can't well, the, get the, there. They they did see that like meteor or what they thought was a meteor fall, falling from the sky. So that would be like, hey, in in like post-World War II, just started the space race. Like that is big on their minds. Like what is out there in space? And they see this thing falling from the sky and shortly after all the power g- 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 goes out, it is this mix of like everything that they were thinking of in the times, right? What's out there in space? Are there spies in our midst? Is it the communists? Right? Who knows? Um, I I know this. I know this. I feel like I'm the person out here ruining everybody's fun. But like the mix no, of... Not at all. <laughs> there's... I understand that you have questions about, are we alone in the universe? Could there be a UFO? Could there be an alien? And what if some sort of human enemy threat has infiltrated our neighborhood? But the step in between the connective tissue of not just, I think there are aliens, but there are aliens that can exactly mimic humans and they've lived in the suburb for years. We got to find out which one it is. I mean, we don't know what they could do. They're aliens. We don't know what they look like. I, the leaps are the leaps are so big. I can't. It's it's entertaining. I yeah. I do like that it is just massive cluster of people just hustling from house to house, yelling and pointing fingers. It would be really fun to see this as a play. Yeah. <laughs> just oh, yeah. like a dozen actors on stage on some big stage with a bunch of painted a bunch of painted house fronts. I'd like to see that. Yeah. There's one part where. We've mentioned that they find all these reasons to find each other suspicious. Like, oh, this is the last guy to move to the neighborhood. You know, this guy, I see him standing up at night looking at the stars. It's Why insomnia, would you look at I stars? And he's yeah. like, I like stars. And they're like, no, you're waiting for a message. But the part where the guy, one guy's like, the, the, the lady's like, your wife told me you've been working on a radio in your basement. And then one guy's like, a radio? I've never seen this radio. And then there's the most dramatic music sting. <laughs> like, a ra- you don't know every single possession your neighbor has. That's suspicious. I think he's a Martian. <laughs> yep. Every, every, every leap after that just gets more and more ridiculous. Mm. Uh, and then by the end, yeah, they end up 
forgetting that they sent someone to the next block over who's been gone for the entire afternoon and come back. It's dark now. Dark. Yeah. He's been gone for hours uh, and they just completely forget about him. He comes back. They shoot him. They kill him. uh, And we don't know if he was just chatting it up with someone that they know down the road here. Mm. Who knows? Mm. Uh, But at the end, it does turn out to, in fact, be aliens. Uh, right. They are just fucking with this neighborhood and just like, <laughs> t- turn all the power off. Now, what if that guy's car works and they have some like yeah. device to like, yeah, d- do all of the stuff. And they're 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 like they have one alien that is more experienced and has yeah. done stuff like this before before and another one that's like so this is the pattern huh and he's like yep every single time you just like mess with the lights and then they go nuts right <laughs> mm. uh so so yeah it, I, I i like that one a lot that's one of my favorites um but it yeah it, it's just it's an interesting one <laughs> Uh, the next episode we watched, I think, was The After Hours. This yeah. was season 134. I picked this Melissa, just I for knew. the... I knew you were going yeah. to pick this one. <laughs> just for the very selfish surface reason of it takes place in a department store and I just wanted to go to a 1950s department store. And it's this woman who's wandering around. She's found like in the catalog, she saw like a picture of a gold thimble. And this is back when a gold thimble was like the raddest gift you could get your mom. She's looking around for it. And somebody in an elevator takes her up to the. Oh, she's like. They're like, oh, it's that's on the 13th floor. That's not in housewares. That's in specialty items. I'll take you there. She goes to the 13th floor and it is completely barren. There's like one counter and one lady working there and that one thimble. And she thinks it's weird, but that's what she came there for. So she went ahead and buys it. And then when she's on the elevator back down, she's like, well, this thing's scratched. It's dented. Like, I don't I don't even want it anymore. I'm going to go return it. So she goes to the department store office and they're like, lady, where did you buy it? There's no 13th floor. That's impossible. That didn't happen. Yeah. And I think and I think it's funny how small scale this is. Just like she goes to a floor and they're like, we don't have that one. That's not the right part of the store that you bought it in. And it could be as easy as we'll just hand wave it away. Like, you know, it's worth the it's worth keeping a customer. Just exchange her. Just get her a different thimble. Just give her twenty five dollars back. Yeah. There isn't a very eeriness to. um, you're, You're taken to a space. That you know you were in and everybody's like, no, that we don't have that. That doesn't exist. There's no such thing as a 13th floor. You were somewhere weird already. And then to find out that the weird place doesn't exist at all makes it worse. And right. she doesn't even have a receipt. She has like no proof. And she's like, I will prove to you I'm not going insane. Yeah. And then the, the she she sees the woman that sold it to her. And, and she's like, it's 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 her. Yeah, yeah. Right there. And she's like, hey, whatever your name was over here. And then as she's like yelling out for her, someone else comes up behind mm. this woman uh, and picks her up. The woman is a mannequin. Yes. And she's just like, da, da, da. Oh. 
oh my god what is this i'm horrified it looked exactly like her um and then she she just has a faint she just faints and they're like we'll put her on the couch and we'll see if she feels better and then they just straight up leave her there overnight yeah <laughs> like they close the entire department store and she wakes up on this little couch in the office like after it's dark and nobody's there it's so and then, funny and this part is really well done just her quietly walking through this deserted department store there's no music there's yeah. hardly any foley sounds it's so quiet and it's just shot with such a a sparseness to it i think the fact that they didn't this is clearly a set decorated to look like a department store. It's not a real department store. There's kind right, of yeah. an, an emptiness of fakeness to it that I think really lends itself particular to these scenes where she's walking down these like empty, like wide aisles that just have got counters with a couple perfume bottles on either side. It's so sparse. It's so isolating. And then the part where all the mannequins are talking to her, she's like when, when mouth's they come not to moving. life. Is, yeah is wild oh yeah. that's incredible yes like you it's a wide shot of all these mannequins and then one by one they turn into they, they don't turn into real people like the actor starts moving they unfreeze themselves and yeah. they do such a good job of staying that still like you know that's just an actor who is staying still but exactly. it's so convincing that you're like is there a camera trick here how are you well, that good at this What's interesting about this one to me is that the first time you see the mannequin of the woman that sold her the thimble, mm. you're like, man, that is spot on. Like, that looks exactly mm -hmm. like her. Um, same, uh, same, same. It's not just like same outfit and makeup on the mannequin, but even like the facial structure of the mannequin itself. I'm just like, man, that looks exactly like her. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there is the scene where she's wandering around whatever floor she's on and the mannequin starts speaking to her. And it's very obvious that those mannequins are mannequins. And it's yeah. just like, this is uh, okay, weird. And then there was the, I, I do have to say, the when it's it, the, the first two that speak to, 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 to yeah. her are women. And the, I don't remember her name, but they're like, Catherine, Catherine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then there's like the male one that has, has it. And it is the most like sensual way for him Catherine. to say, yeah, he's just like, Catherine. <laughs> just like oh god and then they show his face and it's just this stupid mannequin it's right. so funny it is it, 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 I, I got the biggest laugh out of that i was just like ah. it's, and so all the mannequins come to life and surround her and they're from all different parts of the department store so they're wearing all sorts of different clothes and there's two mannequins that are from like a winter sportwear section yeah. and they're wearing these ski masks which are balaclavas very, yeah yeah they're weirdly unnerving in this context yeah. they tell her like you stayed out there too long it was your turn yesterday that's why we took you up to the 13th floor you were supposed to come back you're done with your mannequin room your spring up. up yep right i love this world building that this is a world where all mannequins can come to life uh, they all know each other and they all have this system where you get one month to go out into the world and live as a normal human being. Yeah. And then you come back and then it's somebody else's turn. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's an interesting 
twist and it's it's an interesting thing to like do a horror episode on right like mannequins are creepy and mm. i i've so when i was in college uh behind my art building there used to be this kind of th- thrift sh- it's not really a thrift shop it was more of an antique store mm. but it was an it, it, it was like a junk antique store um if that makes sense and it was just this like warehouse sized store with just all sorts of odds and ends uh and they had an entire room dedicated to mannequin parts and it was the creepiest room I have ever been in because you go in and it's just boxes of like legs and arms and heads and torsos and they're not put together. It's not like the full mannequin mm-hmm. on this stuff. Like you have to build it yourself and be like, I want, you know, all of these things. But like, that's what you could do is like if you needed a hand to go raw or something like that for some sculpture or something like that you could just go there and pick up a mannequin part but there is something like inherently creepy about yeah. these like fake humans just standing there and having this like soullessness mm. to, to them as they look out but us like dressing them up to kind of like to make them look more like us there's something like just inherently creepy about that like why yeah. do we do this right like why not have actual models on on these things like walking around us <laughs> like why not have the people in the store like helping you in these out outfits and stuff and being like i'm the winter help you need some help i can something about living models in a department store is almost creepier i I never said it was a good idea all right but (laughs) just working through it um but yeah like i i remember watching this one when i was younger and Mm. Wanting to avoid this one just because I was so creeped out by these mannequins coming to life. And just like, this is one of my least favorite in the sense that they're just like, I'm scared of this one. (laughs) Like this. I don't like this one. This is creepy. What I like about this episode is that mannequins are creepy. But the twist at the end is that they're not at all threatening. Like, they're yeah. not angry at our main girl. They're just sort of disappointed. Like, just they're just chiding her. Like, come on. You know, it's time to come home. You're not they playing by the rules. Us. Come on. They yeah. adore us, right? Is there, yeah. Like, they, man, we want our time to go to live with them, but we can't yeah. just do it all at once. Right. We have to send one of you out, right? Yeah. And I like that they view humanity positively and that they view each other positively it's not like you broke mannequin code we're gonna throw you down the stairs now they're like no just come on back come on back it's it's someone else's turn now you have to play fair (laughs) i like what a little community they are i like that this is an episode that is less horror and less social commentary and just sort of like a interesting kind of whimsical speculative fantasy story yeah. What if mannequins came to life? Yeah. 
yeah, even just the idea that like, hey, at home, like you're a certain mm-hmm. person, yeah. you might wear certain clothes to be comfortable and do all that stuff. You have your interests, your hobbies, you're one person when you're there. But maybe yeah. when you go out to work and you do all the, 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 that stuff, you have to put on a different persona. You have to perform here on the podcast, right? I have to be talkative and out mm-hmm. of myself. Whereas in real life, I'm actually very quiet and I just like keeping to myself and mm-hmm. doing my own th- thing, right? There, There is that kind of common commentary in the TS one. Yeah, and it's kind of an interesting mirror to monsters are due on Maple Street, where there's a fear of what if there's a non-human entity infiltrating humans and sabotaging us? And this is a story about a non-human entity who goes to live a normal human life, not for any ulterior motive, just because they want to experience what it's like. It's like the first one was, what if somebody around you isn't human? In a suspicious way, this is more like, whimsical fantastical like oh you it's like you never know where somebody's coming from you don't you look at a normal person and maybe that's not a normal person but it's something trying to be a normal person but it's not scary it's sort of he said whimsical like like you're happy for these mannequins to go on this journey at the end of the episode you're like that sounds fun enjoy your month off yeah yeah indeed I have one more thing to say about yeah. this one. Less so about this episode, more so about my my experience with uh-huh. this one. Uh, so rewatching this now, this is not at all what my memory of this episode oh. was um, in my mind. I remembered this episode like she ends up discovering that the mannequins are real oh. and then somehow decides to like join them and become a mannequin and like mm. she like she was a real person and then like gets connected with their society or who knows like discovers their secret and then is like enticed yes. by like that and i don't know where i thought of that or like how i came to like that's what i thought this episode was and why i thought it was so scary and and stuff like just like the fact that you could it's like i I thought i almost thought it was like a reverse pinocchio right where she starts rail and then ends up becoming this fake mannequin but that's not what happened but uh, yeah who knows? Who knows? But I just thought that was an, an, an interesting thing to put out there. Be like, this is not at all what I thought it used to be. But nice. cool. That's it. It's, it's, that it is fun how your memory will change these things. And oh, then, yeah. And you realize and you're like, there's a twist somewhere. I know there is a twist. You have the ingredients for what's involved. Like, in I the know twist, the mannequins are com- real. Right. But right. you will completely how? make up your own separate twist. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Our uh, next episode next yeah. is 
Yeah, this is The Howling Man. This is one of my picks. Yeah. This is from uh, season five, uh, season two, episode five. This is an episode I caught once and I really dug and it never shows up on those best of lists. I think because the story itself is, uh, I don't know if the story itself is like anything that memorable, but the visual style of this episode I think is stunning. I think this episode is so remarkable from just a technical perspective. I, so this is one that I actually had not seen before. Mm. Um, Well, I, I want to say probably because it might not be on like the top, whatever list of like, Oh, you need to see this. But when I looked up, uh potential ones to watch for this week i looked up like what are the scariest twilight zone ones and it was in all of the those oh good it it was like yes the howling man is up there you need to watch that that one so maybe up there in scariest but not necessarily up there in like the best of them Mm. that you need to watch um but yeah, I hadn't seen this one before, before so th- this one was completely new to me, um, and it was an interesting one. Visual styling is very different because it it mm-hmm. does kind of remind me of those old like Universal monster movies. It, it yeah. like he's almost in this like old like Frankenstein castle or Dracula's castle, uh, right? But he gets there and everyone almost looks like moses right there's yes. this like very, very biblical like order of monks um so it, it essentially this one starts out with this guy just sweating this real sweaty man being like let me tell you my story you won't believe it at first well, but i it's I have- true all of it i have to describe this shot the camera starts on this like rain and thunderstorm dark night and it like swivels around like through the window and it arcs around this guy as he turns from the window back around to face the camera like you said sweaty desperate and he's like you won't believe this story but i'm telling you it's true like the camera's so many like slanted angles and it keeps swooping around it's not like you're like they stuck it in one like canted angle and shot an entire thing like that the camera keeps moving around like every axis of the of the set and it keeps like yeah like swooping around people it's so wild and i've never seen anything else from this time period that looks like this yeah it it, like they they do all that stuff to make you feel very uncomfortable to not get like it it, it's not it's not just that Dutch angle, but like you said, it keeps moving and swooping and you're doing it. So you, like you feel like you, you, you just can't sit still. You, you can't figure out like it, it. It's almost like stepping onto onto a boat for the first time where you're you're like, OK, I'm standing on something, but it keeps mm-hmm. moving. Yeah. So I can't really yeah. get a good footing here. Um but yeah, so he, it it kind of dives into this tale of him stumbling into this castle. I forget why exactly, uh, but he, he oh he's um well it's set in like the nineteen late nineteen teens, early nineteen twenties, like post post World, World War One, yeah. 
and this American man is going on a backpacking trip through Europe. That's right. And he gets caught in a rainstorm and he goes into this monastery up in the mountains in like Germany or Austria or somewhere just looking for shelter for the night. Yeah, and this is where he finds this like weird order of monks that all look like mm-hmm. Moses. They have these big canes, these big yeah. like beards. Yeah. They, they they just look like a character you would see in those old like the Ten Commandments yeah, m- they m- look- movie or something like that. This episode is a period piece, but these guys look ancient. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and he's asking for food and shelter, and they're just like, no, but you know what? I'm I'm gonna have to talk to whoever's in charge. Yeah, to, yeah. To, to, to Brother Jerome this. will rule yeah. on this. Yeah. Uh, and so they bring him to Brother Jerome, uh, and he's just like, I, look, it's pouring rain. I'm lost. I mm-hmm. I just I need some help. Can you like? Give me a little bit of food and like, let me sleep here for, for, for the night and I'll be on my way. And he's just like, no, like you need to leave now. Uh, like, this is not a place that you should be here. Yeah. Uh, and he's just like, but you don't you don't understand. It's raining outside. I'll get wet. I'm lost. Right. Help well, it, me. It, it's uh, it's such a bad storm. They're in the middle of nowhere. And he's like, this is. A monastery like this is a place of faith like i would have right exactly he's like i would have expected you to have been good samaritans just give me like a crust of bread and like a blanket on the floor and i'll take it and they're like we can't even give you that you need to get out of here and while he's there he keeps hearing this howling sound it's like not exactly animal howling sound I mean, it, it sounds like a person tr- trying to mimic kind a of, yeah. wolf. It, it, it is exactly yeah. that, but it's still this weird howling. And he's like, yeah. what is that howling? And they're just like, it's mm. the wind. Ignore yeah. it. Don't, yeah, don't worry about it. But he finds this man locked up in a cell. And the man's like, help me. I've been imprisoned here. You know, I, I was out with my kissing my sweetheart on the bank of a river. And then brother Jerome used to have a crush on her and she picked me over him and he was mad. So he imprisoned me out of jealousy. He's like, is that what a, a good man of the cloth would do? And this man's like, no, n- n- no, it, it, that doesn't sound I right. I don't. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I, that doesn't make any sense. And he goes back to Brother Jerome, who's like, why'd you wander off? I told you, get out, get out of the monastery. And he's like, why do you have a man kept prisoner up here? And Brother Jerome's like, that is no man. That is the devil himself. (laughs) And he's like, that's why there was so much war and strife and hunger and famine and disease and everything like that. He's like, everything bad that's been happening, it's him. Yeah. So I caught him. I fought. It took me years. I finally tracked him down and I caught him in this cell. Do not go near him. Do not let him out. That's the devil. And he's just like, and I don't know about that. He's like that. There's no way that man's the devil. I think you are covering up for a story where you're just keeping an innocent man prisoner for like really petty personal reasons. So he like 
causes a distraction. He sneaks away and he lets the man loose just by like lifting the wooden, the one wooden bar on Which his cell door. That dude could have totally reached to like out right. of the like window of his cell to yeah, lift the, up. Yeah, because the prisoner's telling him how to let him free and this guy's like, wait a minute. Why, why do you know how to let yourself free? Why, if you yeah. know how I would do it, why haven't you done it yourself before? But he goes ahead and lets the man out. And then there's this very cool scene where this prisoner is like walking through a hall with all these pillars. And as he walks past every pillar, like it's a new shot as he's slowly transforming into a devil. That's like a he's this bedraggled, yeah. bearded old man. And as he walks past, you see his like old beard sort of cleaning up into like the devil horns goatee. He growing. starts growing horns. Yeah. And then he steps out like fully cartoon devil. He's wearing like a, a turtleneck or something. He's got the like slick black dark hair. Like he looks very classy and cosmopolitan and sinister. And he's like, I'll be leaving now. And then the monks run back out and they're like, dude, we told you. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so then, what the, the I where I got lost here? I, I I think maybe I happened to check my phone, mm. phone right at this part. What happens at the end here? Does does this new guy then capture the devil? And does he have yes. him in? Yes. In okay. So the reason why this was set in like 1920 or whatever is that then like the bit at the begin like the bookends of the story. Is it's him in modern day talking to his housekeeper, explaining this whole thing to her. Like, that's why you heal hear howling from this locked room. Yes. Never let this man out. I went to the ends of the earth to track him down and catch him again and yeah. imprison him. Yeah, he's you why we cannot had let him out. He's why we right. did all that. This stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So I, I did catch yeah. that. Um yeah that, that that like that's an an interesting one to it not not super scary or anything but still j- 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 just this like this interesting tale of like what, what, what yeah. if you could catch the devil what if it actually yeah. was real right yeah um, yeah that that's and and man that one scene where he just keeps walking down the hall yeah. and every t- t- time like you pass one just a, a masterful shot because uh, yes. it's it's like they're it, the way they pieced it together. It must have been on a dolly. Mm-hmm. He had to have been walking at the same speed. No, met like each take, like all, all of this. Stuff. It's so perfect. It reminded me a lot of the uh, there's the one scene with uh, Loki and Thor oh, yes. walking yeah. and every time they pass the pillar he's like a different character uh from the mcu that was a lot of fun but man just yeah what a great scene there and just what a sweaty man (laughs) what a sweaty man just being like let me tell you my tale i know you won't believe it but it's here it's true all of it yeah i like that this one has more of like a folklore feel to it more of it's like not a, this sci-fi. is sci-fi. It's not right. Speculative. And it's not. And it's not like a campfire story. It's more of like what the one old man nursing his his beer at the end of a tavern bar tells you. It's like that brand of spooky yeah. story. Yeah. And I think the cinematography is 
outstanding. Like I said, I didn't know stuff in like 1960 was filmed like this. It's yeah. so cool. Please it's watch an, this one. It's an interesting one for sure. For sure. Uh, I don't know if I really have much else to say on that one. Mm. It's, it's, it's a pretty straightforward uh, yeah. one there. So mm-hmm. good stuff. let's good move stuff. on to uh, your final selection of the night, which was the long, telephone long one. Distance long call. distance call. Yeah, this, this is, is season another two, one of my favorites. Episode 23. Season two. Written season by. Okay. Yes. This. Tell me about this one. You said this was one of the most haunting things you had ever seen. I I love this one. Yeah, this is up there in my favorites, along with the monsters are due on Maple Street. Uh, I am genuinely creeped out by this yeah. one. I think this one is terrifying. Uh, it is. And, and the way this one is shot, too, is also very different from the mm. rest of them. I don't know if you picked up on it right away, but it looks like it's more so filmed on like a home camcorder. It I, has it's a, a much higher frame rate. So it looks yeah. more like a a like a not, not a um just just, just like a just soap a, opera or something. Yeah, yeah it's, like it's, it looks like opera. it's it's yeah, it looks like it's been filmed on video instead of film or something or i wondered if like this one had been like digitally remastered or something it's got the that sort of unnerving smoothness 60 frames a second yeah. like yeah it just huh yeah it's not that like cinematic 24 yes um but uh yeah, it, so it, it's it it ha- it has that look. So it immediately just looks and feels different. Mm. But it is this young child. It's his birthday. Uh, it's his parents and his grandma there. And that grandma is a whippersnapper. She's great. <laughs> I love her. Uh, she she she's she's sassy. She you know, like speaks back to the father i like her a lot mm-hmm. um but for the kid's birthday she gets him this like plastic toy f- phone you've probably seen the yeah. like fisher price exact yeah. same thing that that he he the exact same toy that he gets and she says this is so you can keep in touch with me when i'm gone um, or something to that effect, yeah. right? When I'm not here. And it turns out the grandma is very sick uh, and mm-hmm. that she's kind of holding it together for for this birthday. But she's kind of right there. Mm. She can kind of go at any minute. And after this party, yeah, things get worse very fast. And she ends up passing away. Mm. and this is kind of the first major death for the kid yeah. at, at, at least from what we're told uh that yeah. this is kind of his first major experience with hey you're not gonna get to see grandma again she is no longer here and he doesn't fully understand that um and he, he's like well i have this phone i can just call her on this phone right 
And they're just like, yeah, sure. Like you can call her on the phone. You can talk to her whenever you want. And so that's what he starts doing. He starts playing with this phone to talk to his grandma. They're just like, oh, how can you like he's still talking to his grandma. Uh, And then one night they leave him with a babysitter and something happens where they call the parents back right away. They're like, hey, we had something go wrong. He's okay, but we just had this this big spook. Can 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 you mm-hmm. come come here? And it turns out he almost got hit by a car. This kid. And when they ask him, like, why he ran out into the middle of the street, they said it. He said it's because his grandma told him to. And they're we weirded out by that. And they're like, hey, the grandma's no longer around. What's happening here? Like, kid, you mm-hmm. shouldn't be doing that. So they they you know, they take him back home. And the kid just is still constantly obsessed with this phone and this that they're like, OK, maybe you should like stop playing with this phone. Mm-hmm. I don't much here. It gets to be this real obsessive thing. Right. Yeah. Um, to to the 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 point where yeah the kid runs out into the street a second time and dies he gets hit by a car all that that stuff and they're horrified and it in that like terror in that panic the mom of this kid picks up this phone just to be like like why the hell was he so obsessed at this and when she picks it up and puts it to her her ear she can hear breathing on the <gasps> other end of the phone and that that is what horrifies me just like uh-huh. no words no speaking just <sighs> and it's just like what in the world is happening and she she freaks out they need to get rid of this phone but that is just man that is terrifying to me i think mm-hmm. this one is spectacular it is great i love it melissa what do you think <laughs> this is another episode that feels like a play and that's early tv before people really knew oh, what yeah. to do with tv it was a lot of film stage plays short so story that plays, is so- yeah. yeah that is sort of still in the television language at this time but this one especially and all these characters are so richly drawn I mean, the little boy's five. There's a limit to how richly drawn he can be. But the grandma, like her story is that she had two children and they both died before her son, this little boy's father was born. And then she always resented that he that he went off and married this woman. Like she's always resented her daughter-in-law and she prizes her grandson because she like her son was all she had in this world. You know, after her two previous children died. She really wanted, she was very possessive of him. And now she's very possessive of her grandson. And it kind of makes the the parents a little uncomfortable, but they're like, she's so old. She's going to die soon. Let them have this time together. And she has, has such a hold over her grandson that she's like, I want him to go with me. She's like, I want him to die so that we can be together in the afterlife. And to the point where it's like, you don't want to see those other two children you lost. You don't want to see like, do you, have you lost siblings? There's nobody. 
you're not looking forward to seeing any other person in your life who has died. You want this five-year-old to die to join you in the afterlife. And the part where the dad, like, I, uh, so, I, I just want to say one thing on, on that. I'm wondering if it is more uh, like she is mad at like her son for going off and marrying yeah. this woman and kind of leaving her life. So I'm wondering if if the grandmother is like secretly also kind of wanting him to experience this big loss. So now you know what I felt. Maybe, like maybe. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Just, just, just a thought there. Right. There's a lot to these characters, even though we only know them for 25 minutes yeah. and the little boy, uh, like at the part after the mom picks up the phone and hears the breathing, the boy runs off. And he like almost drowns in this like decorative pool they have in the backyard, which uh, the scene goes by so fast. It does not seem practical to me that he would have drowned. Like when the doctors are there, they're like, oh, I don't know. It's not looking good. We're still working on him. But if only you'd gotten to him a couple minutes earlier. And I'm like, yeah. there was not a couple minutes to that entire scene. He was <laughs> gone for like 30 seconds. <laughs> Yes. So the timing is is a little tricky to buy. But like while the mom's there just like desperate, like heartbroken, watching these doctors work on her son, the dad goes upstairs and he has this monologue into the toy phone where he's like, mm. Mom, I know you're hurting. I know what you've been through. I like I know the, the little Billy was the best part of your entire life. He hasn't even had a life yet, Mom. He's five years old. He's barely left this house. You know, he doesn't know how to play baseball. He doesn't know what a school is. He doesn't know what he a girlfriend know long is. pants, which is so funny to me. It's like, I know he's one, going yeah. to grow up into other things, but like you can give a child pants at any time you choose dad. It's on you. <laughs> your kid doesn't know what pants are. Yeah. <laughs> but he talks her out of it. And at that time, then the, the paramedics, the doctors are like, We've got him. It's a miracle. I don't know how we did it, but we've got him back. And, and yeah. that's how that episode ends. And I think it is as effective as it is as a spooky story. I really like what just the intimate family drama that yeah. it is between these couple characters and how much depth there is to all of these people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This one is still just terrifying, though, to hear that like that breathing on the other side like the grandma doesn't even need to say anything just the fact that you hear breathing like is that the grandma is it something else is it some other entity right like you we don't know exactly we assume it's mm. the grandma but man yeah it just it's kind of wild so yeah good stuff i like that one a lot and our final episode, this is my pick. This is season three, episode eight. It's a good life. Yeah. This is what I think is the scariest episode. And it's that same boy again. It's Bill Moomy, I think is his name. Uh, the little boy from the last episode, he's back in this one. And it's yeah. also kind of fun to see how just this young child actor has, has grown in what it is he's able to convey. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and and because I I felt I felt like in 
long distance call he's a little older than he's supposed to like they're like okay you're mm. like turning five in this so maybe act a little bit younger yeah. than you are because he has one line in there i forget what it is he says oh, something and it's just like okay kid like right. <laughs> i'll give you a pass because you're a kid mm. and, like you're not a g- 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 great actor but it was just like that feels like you're trying to be like a two-year-old like come on dude <laughs> yeah uh, but here in this one it's a good life he he has a specific role and i feel like he nails it like yeah. this kid is horrifying in, yes. in th- this one so i i want to talk about rod serling himself for a sure. second yeah because when you think of the twilight zone you think of rod serling walking out and talking to you in the narration, but also like as a physical presence on screen. And uh, it's Long Distance Calls, the first episode that we watched where we see that happening, where he walks out on the set and is like, look at this family. Yeah, they, we're going to tell you the tale of what happens to this family. And this episode, It's a Good Life, starts with a very atypical opening, which he talks about. It's him standing on a stage next to like a map of the United States. And he's like, we're going to tell you a very unique story tonight. So this requires a very unique intro. Here's a map of the United States. You know it. That's probably where you are. He's like, and this is plain view. And he's like this little city in like Ohio or something lights up. And he's like, that's all that is left now. Now the yeah. citizens of plain view don't know if they've been, if the rest of the world has died, if it is on, if it has all been destroyed or if they've been taken to some other plane, but all there is, is just this one town. Let me introduce you to the cast of characters. And he introduces us to several townspeople and he talks about this monster. He's like a monster came to town and it changed everything. This is where the monster lives. Oh, and I forgot to mention, this is the monster. And then it cuts to this like seven year old boy playing yep. on a fence. <laughs> yep exactly and he just he looks sweet he looks innocent yeah and then he's he's playing and then he he he's on like the the back of this swinging fence yeah. thing and uh it's getting closer to the camera and it it locks into position and when he he finally gets there he like is looking off camera and then just has this like change in demeanor as as like he's looking at something that he obviously does not like and like i said this kid is spooky this kid is scary like he Uh has he nails this like i don't like that i'm gonna Mm -hmm. change that right and and, and just man yeah he he is like holding this town captive here yeah he there's no explanation to it And we don't get an exact origin of when these powers developed, if he's had them literally since he was born. But this kid has omnipotent psychic power. He can read your mind. So you have to watch your thoughts at all times and making sure you're always thinking happy thoughts. You're always thinking about what a good little boy he is. And he can like create anything. He can transmogrify anything. Like he got mad at machines or something so he turned off all electricity cars don't work uh and he like he doesn't like music like he doesn't like singing like his aunt was singing and he just sort of like zapped her brain so now she's just this sort of 
vacant woman. It was and if just he doesn't like, like you, annoying to to him, right? It's not. It's not yeah. that he doesn't necessarily like singing. It's just like God. I hate that song. Like, will you shut up? Like, stop singing. Yeah, baby shark. Right. If he doesn't like it, he's like, no more. That is gone. And if he doesn't like somebody, he sends them to the cornfield. We never go to the cornfield. We never see the cornfield. But like, that is where you are banished. And the episode starts with him. He's playing in the yard. And then like a grocery delivery man comes up. And because this town has been cut off, like their food supply, like everything they have is in such limited supply. Like he's like, we don't have laundry soap. We haven't had laundry soap in years. He's there to make a grocery delivery to the mom. And he's like, huh, the Anthony. Good to see you, Anthony. Mighty fine day you've made for us, Anthony. What are you doing out here in the yard? And he's like, I made a gopher with three heads. And this (laughs) delivery man's like, Yes, I, I've never seen a gopher like that before. My mighty fine work, Anthony. And Anthony's like, I'm tired of playing with him now. I'm going to make him be dead. Be dead, gopher. And like, you don't see any of this. Like his hands are off screen. This is so effective yeah. at telling you about something that you are not being shown. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and just the. With this little kid's line reading with just how casually and playfully he throws off, be dead, gopher. Haunting, absolutely haunting. And like he, the delivery man goes inside, brings the stuff to the mom, and he's like, I found a couple cans of tomato soup. Anthony likes tomato soup. You'll tell him, right? You'll tell him that I remembered he likes tomato soup and I brought him the soup. Like everybody is trying so hard to like, Bend over backwards and make Curry this kid's favor, life an absolute yeah. dream. Right. Cause so that he won't transmogrify you or turn, send you into the cornfield or whatever. And the Just mom's like, change into something else. Yeah. Yeah. And he's telling the mom about the three headed gopher. And the mom's like, oh, yes. Anthony likes to make all kinds of animals. He made one the other week with very sharp teeth and it tried to bite him. And I almost wanted it to for a minute. And she sort of like trails off and like starts crying and. It's they're living in a nightmare. I can't yeah. imagine a harsher scenario than this child just arrives with unlimited power and no sense of personhood. Like he's he just doesn't understand empathy yet because he's so little and he's selfish because a baby is selfish. They've yeah. got this sort of self-protection in them where like anything he doesn't like, he wants gone. And so he just starts erasing these very necessary parts of human life. And the adults are like, he's a child. We can't get rid of him. We just have to keep playing along and hope that maybe eventually one day he'll decide he wants electricity back. Yeah. He wants other states to exist again. It's interesting because he doesn't really understand consequences yet. Yeah. And that is part of the thing with parenting that i've seen other people go through is like sometimes to teach them a good thing you 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 have to do something that they might not like you need to get them Mm -hmm. used to this concept and they might not appreciate that right away but once they do then they understand it right and all all that stuff and so yeah it's 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 like laundry detergent like you don't necessarily 
understand how yeah. good it feels to have clean c- clothes because you're just a kid you like rolling around mm-hmm. in j- yeah. d- d- dirt you pr- mm-hmm. probably don't like taking baths and stuff yet but like that's such a simple joy in life right to have clean clothes um and and th- yeah it, it just like he doesn't understand that he doesn't understand that there's probably a major like food shortage um like all that stuff and that like he could be having much better food yeah if if there was more food like more variety like all that stuff and he just doesn't understand it right um, yeah, he he doesn't notice that his parents look sad and scared all the time. And he comments that no kids came around and played with him today. And his dad's like, well, remember the last time you had some some friends over to play? You sent them into the cornfield. Yeah, he's, he's I'll, trying I'll, I'll see. delicately to be like, well, yeah. whose fault is that? <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> it's it's it, like the boy doesn't like dogs. And like he you like hear a dog walking around outside and barking and he sends the dog into the cornfield. And I no, I think it's he can hear everybody's thoughts, regardless of how close they are to him. And this is this, like I said, this boy's like six or seven or something. And he's like, I remember once I heard somebody think a not very nice thought about me. I don't who remember it? when it was. I don't remember who that person was. I don't even know where they were, but I heard them think a mean thought about me. So I had to make them go on fire. And the fact that you are like across town, like you're not even in the same room as this boy. And yeah. he hears you think something mean about him. And then suddenly you just combust. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just and poof, the fact you're that it's, on fire. <laughs> and just that like childish language. Like he doesn't say I set him on fire. It's I made him go on fire. Right. Like the. The, like the childish grasp of language makes everything much scarier every yeah. time he says something. Yeah. So they, they end up, uh, it's both TV night and a birthday party for one of the, the town's people, uh, there. So they watch the TV that Billy is, uh, like magically making with his powers it's some this is chilling show, too right yeah it's just like uh stop motion dinosaurs fighting each other and you see the faces of these adults like, like gathered in chairs in his living room for tv night and just the sounds of this thing it's just this sort of like primordial howling and like wind noises it yeah. sounds so ugly even when you look at the screen and it just looks like sort of kitschy old Harry house in action like what's on the screen seems sort of fun but the sounds of everything are so unnerving you're seeing all these adults sitting there uncomfortably in these chairs like oh yes Anthony that's much better than the way TV used to be thank you for the TV night Anthony yeah uh, they they surprise this guy in the town for his birthday they give him a record they have a cake all that stuff they uh did, don't want to play the record in hopes that they don't he, upset uh this little kid um he wants t- t- to it's his favorite m- yeah. musician 
but it is that r- risk of like, hey, you are maybe getting a little too selfish there. Yeah, this is your party, but it is like we're living in this kid's world, right? Like, right. And and if he wants to hear, like, he likes music, but he does not like hearing singing. He just wants to hear the instrumentals. So the the guys who got the records, like, well, I could put it on and just listen to the orchestra part at the beginning. And then the dad's like, but we don't know when he starts singing. We yeah. can't risk that. You cannot play the beginning of this Perry Como record. So like one of the townspeople sits down, and starts playing the piano and, and Anthony comes up and sits down next to him. And the guy sort of bristles and he's like, it would be really nice, really nice, Anthony, if you could tell me what music you want to hear. He's like, just play anything. You're fine. Like, yeah, like, he, he, he he seems OK in that moment. Like he, he enjoys music. He's still discovering stuff. Right, right, right. So, yeah, they're like they like they are hoping for. Maybe there is one day where he wants to just read a book and needs light to like read this thing. And it's just like, let me invent a book. And you, you know what? Let me invent electricity again mm. um yeah and can can do all of that so they 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 continue playing but man this birthday guy is just done with it he is having whiskey he's yeah. he's being like man this is like the last whiskey bottle on earth like i fuck man like i is it like this is it like mm. I, it gets no better than this he he almost gets suicidal uh, in a way, I I yeah. don't want to say he gets there exactly, but in the way that he starts flaring up, is yeah. almost inviting this kid yes, to exactly react. He's doing it to like end this, whether if it, if it's the kid kills him or like the somebody the in this yeah. house finally does something. And like he's just yelling, he's yelling at everybody. Like while little Anthony's just sitting over there listening to the piano, he's like, "Somebody take a bottle and just hit him over the head with it." In a minute, this could be over. We could go back to how things were. And the boy gets mad at him. He's like, "I don't like You're you, a bad man. You're a bad man." And that's when he turns him into a jack in the box. And this yeah. is like the the earliest body horror on television just the silhouette of it. And there's just like one frame, one real close up where you see this man's face on like the, the bouncing Jack in the box head and everybody's just horrified. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. Um, and, and, and like, that is just the thing is that they are just held captive there. Like that's it. Mm-hmm. That's their fate. And they can, somehow decide to take their lives if they want they could try to kill this kid if they wanted but it's probably not gonna end well for them mm-hmm. right because even if he just like it if if they don't do it all the way in that one hit right yes just if he has a thought right then like all of that could change um so it's yeah it's just it's terrifying <laughs> to be in this like captive position yeah like, that's all and you like, can do and like that's how the episode ends there's no answer it's like this community is either going to come to terms with we have to kill this kid yeah or 
we just have to keep scrounging around for supplies and hope that he will grow up and maybe he will learn some sort of empathy and give us something back. Yeah. Terrifying. Terrifying uh, stuff. I, I find this one so chilling. <laughs> and then like, and it is, what do you do with that Jack in the box? It's just there now. Right. Is he still alive? We don't know. Is the kid going to play with him? Ugh. I, I had remembered this episode being that he turns his dad into a Jack in the box for standing up to him. But then I realized I was thinking of a Treehouse of Horror episode where Bart has these powers and he turns Homer into a Jack ah, in the box. I gotcha. It's, it's only Bart's dad. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, the Twilight Zone, Zone, like I said at the start, is just a wild show i still think it's a lot of fun to watch today yeah. a lot of really really good stories fascinating things to think about there might not be the best costumes or makeup uh but man for for the time they made this like it it, it was it was such a good show yeah, I think anytime there is some sort of a special effect, it does look as good as it was possible to look for yeah. 1960. Oh, yeah. And they they do a lot of creative things of like, how can we spook you and have this yeah. as a concept, but not necessarily show it? Like, how how can we make this happen or or stuff like that? And that that's what I think. That, I think, is where the show really, really shines, is that it is not just trying to be scary. It's trying to be creative. Like, it's, yeah. it's actively trying to solve these problems and these things. And how do we tell these short stories, these speculative sci-fi stories or these horror stories or just things to make you think? And it, they, they do a really, really good job. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there you go. It's a, it's a classic for a reason. You know, it's timeless sure for a reason. You can always go back and find whatever it is you're looking for. If you want the, uh, the, the, the folly of man parable episodes, or if you want the more sci-fi ones, if you want horror, if you just sort of want a, a whimsical, interesting tale. Like, there's so many different flavors within the big cohesive whole that is the Twilight Zone. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, cool. Well, I guess that's about yeah. all we have to say on the Twilight Zone. Uh, so let's see. Let me, let me go over here and pull up Bingo. I already know I have nothing. Like, I've got only Melissa? two things left for Bingo, and they're so specific. I might give you one of these things here. In It's a Good Life, the delivery guy does not have a bag. He has a box of groceries but there are some tall things sticking out of it no you don't understand the pro the premise of this bingo square is when somebody comes in with the paper bag of groceries that has a tall item such as a baguette or celery sticking out of the top of it purely to act as visible evidence of further groceries that's I don't. What I would I'm not say talking. This box is because you don't really see what else is in the box, and once he starts pulling it out, it's just other box. It's like gift wrapped stuff, so you don't really see what it is. But he has this one thing that is like it's a vegetable. Like you, you can obviously tell that. Like oh, he has 
groceries. Like this is what that no, stuff the gross- is. The groceries are too plot relevant. I'm talking about like just the flimsiest little piece of business for a, a mom and a kids movie to do. Just come in with a bag with one celery in it. If you want it, I'll give it. But if I, you don't I, want I, it- I have I have yet to find the spirit of what it was I was looking for. Well, it, it, there you go. Besides that, then uh, no, no update on bingo. No reaction of an animal to judge trustworthiness. No expository art. Anything a little like that. So, unfortunately, no other updates for Bingo. Um, okay, so I, I, I guess I forgot to hit the Bingo button on screen so you guys can see it, but there is no update. So, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, Melissa, recommendations yeah people who enjoy the twilight zone what else might they like uh there's great twilight zone parodies in the simpsons among their many treehouse of horror episodes uh there's also a running bit in futurama one of the fake tv shows that exists inside that universe is a twilight zone parody called the scary door please (laughs) just go to youtube and look up (laughs) the scary door some real funny (laughs) clips there There's uh, stuff like, are you afraid of the dark? The after hours episode seems like it could have been a big inspiration on this one. Are you afraid of the dark episode called the 13th floor where these kids who live in this apartment building that where the 13th floor has always been abandoned. They go up there just looking for like a blank space, blank space to play around. And they do find like, it's blank up there one day and then the next day they go back and then there's like a weird factory up there with these very sort of unnatural mannequin like people that's a really creepy episode i don't know where you can stream are you afraid of the dark right now but find that one find the tale of the 13th floor and uh for more like really dark was on nickelodeon right yes yeah so that that might be on paramount plus maybe yeah Yeah. i i hope it is preserved out there for generations to come if you want more like really startling kind of unnerving black and white imagery there is the recent movie the tale of macbeth which is on or like the tragedy of macbeth which is on apple tv plus uh directed by Joel Cohen, one of the Cohen brothers in his first solo directorial effort, Sans Other Brother, stars Denzel Washington and Francis McDormand as Macbeth and Lady Macbeth. It's just a straightforward Macbeth adaptation. But the thing is shot in black and white in this really stark, minimal, eerie, surreal set of castle set pieces. It's That's cool. <laughs> When I when I watched it, the only thing it made me think of was the Twilight Zone. That and something called the Mysteries of Harris Burdick, or or it may also be known as the Chronicles of Harris Burdick. This is a children's book by Chris Van Allsburg, who's the writer and illustrator behind the Polar Express and Jumanji. And Harris Burdick is this story where the conceit of it is there's this tale of this children's book author who came to a publisher saying he had like 12 short stories that he wanted to publish in an anthology. And the publisher's like, I don't know. This isn't sounding right for us. 
And this writer's like, well, hold on. I'll give you some time to think on it. Each of these stories has an illustration to go with it. For each story, I'm going to leave you, I'm going to leave you one illustration. Mm-hmm. And that page is the picture, the title of the story that it's from, and a caption for that picture. He's like, I'm going to leave these 12 pages with you. Think about it. I'll come back later. Cool. And that man never showed up again. Nobody could ever track him down. Nobody has the complete stories. All that there are are these 12 very eerie illustrations. Interesting. <laughs> very compelling. Just this strange, striking imagery in just this like black and white pencil uh, illustration style. There is one of these images is called the house on Maple Street, and it is a suburban house just lifting up like it's a rocket ship. And the caption just says <laughs> it was a perfect liftoff. And so you're just left with this like, what, what is it? What's happening? Yeah. And I was exposed to this in the sixth grade as like an English class assignment. You know, our teacher showed us these pictures and she's as like, a write a short story prompt, about yeah. what you think this is. That's and cool. it seems like that's how this continues to live. Uh, I don't know if it's anything anybody has in their private home, but like this seems like a very common classroom activity. When I Google it, I get a lot of like classroom and library activities for it. But yeah. look this stuff up. I think these illustrations are so beautiful and and so compelling. They're so strange. Cool. Good stuff. And Good stuff. Uh, I just want to shout out two other things from Review Show History. Yeah. We watched a movie called The Vast of Night. Uh, I think like summer 2020, maybe. This I'll is an Amazon Prime movie, a very small little independent movie. And it's number about this like 17. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And it is an independent. It's, it's set in the 1950s in some like New Mexico town. And it's about a, a telephone operator and a radio DJ who get these weird calls, like weird broadcast interferences. And they think aliens are coming to town. Yeah. And it's just about like all the evidence they hear coming together, everything that the, all the hearsay around the town and then them like rushing around trying to like get the the telephone operator. She's like 15. This is like her after school job is like working the switchboard. She's like, I have to go home. I have to get my little sister. I don't know where we can go. We have to find someplace safe if they are coming for us. Yeah. And the movie's done in these series of one shot segments. It's a really beautifully minimal movie. And it's a movie that's got kind of a Twilight Zone framework to it. Yeah. Even though I will tell you, it's not as twisty as you would expect. It's surprisingly straightforward. But for I admire how straightforward and minimal this movie is. I really enjoyed it. It is something that has stuck with me. Check out The Vast of Night. And I think last September, last Shame Timber, one of the movies on your Shame Timber list was Looper. Yeah. Looper, which is a a time travel story where uh, Bruce Willis comes back from the future to kill this little boy who's going to grow up to become this like terrifying megalomaniac, like crime dictator in the future. And that little boy, that's such a stellar performance. Absolutely. He is so scary. 
just being this innocent like four year old. It's I, I it is the best successor. It is the best successor to It's a Good Life. I, I think these two things are like in conversation with each other. So if you also kids, find yeah. It's a Good Life so terrifying, check out Looper. It's a sci-fi movie. It's I wouldn't classify it as a horror movie, but that aspect of the movie is genuinely scary. Yeah. We covered that on number 175 here on okay. the show. Um yeah. So, uh my recommendations uh again to go back to something we have covered on the review show, uh Dimension 404. Uh, yeah. This was come more so in a sci-fi anthology, uh, yeah. but also had some of this speculative fiction, had some horror mixed in there. Uh, it felt very Twilight Zone-like, it, but it was a lot more lighthearted, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, then then some of the some of the Twilight Zone stuff is very, like very heavy very deep yeah. of just like mm, this is tragic this makes you think like this makes you really want to just you know hug your little loved ones and be thankful <laughs> you're alive and all that stuff whereas i feel like dimension 404 was like let's pay homage to the twilight yeah. zone but we'll be more sci-fi focused and we're just gonna have some fun like we're yeah we're, we're just gonna do some weird stuff uh but we covered that on number 161 of the review show uh so go check that out as well uh also what we did a couple weeks ago junji ito shiver um yeah he does a lot of short stories he has a number of short story collections out there that you can can get each story is usually about like 30 pages not all that long uh but yeah these real twilight zone stories about you know a, a guy who's neighbors to this sick girl and she looks like she has all these holes in her skin and what's what's happening with this or uh you know this family that works this little restaurant and their food is so greasy that the grease has just infected the house so much that they just are these grease people Right. It, it seems kind of ridiculous, but it, it, it there's so much interesting stuff in the, there and it's gross. It's terrifying. Um, they do all sorts of stuff like that. Um, of course, if you want some more modern day stuff, there is more modern day takes on the Twilight Zone that mm-hmm. you can go ch- check out. Jordan Peele, uh, who directed Get Out and Nope uh, and uh, Us. Um, he, he is the rod hurling of this modern day mm. Twilight Zone. I can't speak for the quality on it. I haven't seen it myself, but there is that. That is one of them. Uh, and then, of course, Black Mirror is a mm. more modern day take on this like horror anthology uh, but that is also very like technology focused. Mm-hmm. Um not necessarily sci-fi per se but is centered around technology and taking technology to 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 these extreme levels mm-hmm. um or yeah it's it's not necessarily centered on technology all mm. the time it might be a story about something but it uses technology in the story as the like lifting off 
point here. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that one is uh, interesting as well. Go check that out. So yeah, I think that would be the recommendations that we have for the Twilight yeah. Zone. Go, go check all of that stuff out. Melissa, next week here on the podcast, uh, it, yes. it'll be the first week in November, but usually what we do at the end of each month is our end of the month special. Uh, we pick some comic book or TV show or what have you, uh, and we, we, we stick with that story multiple times. It's not something we can do in a single week like we typically do here on the mm. show show uh but we watch multiple seasons or we we read multiple volumes to its completion and recently uh we started kaiju max this is a comic book written and drawn by xander cannon uh all about uh these kaiju giant monsters stuck in a prison uh and it is a prison story in and around the prison, we do get sto- sto- mm. stories outside of it. Um, and it's been an interesting one to check out. My goal on the podcast this year has been to bring more kaiju content onto mm. the sh- show. And I think I've done a good job of that this year. If I yeah. can pat my, my, myself on, on the back here. Uh, Once we will have completed the Kaiju Max series, we have spent five episodes this year on Kaiju, which honestly yeah. is more than I thought we would get to when you said you wanted more Kaiju. I was thinking yeah. we'd do it like two. two yeah, of them. J- j- you know, just, just a handful, good, good handful of stuff. Uh, but Kaiju Max is the last Kaiju bit of content that I wanted mm-hmm. to bring on the show on the show uh but yes since we were doing twilight zone this week here at the end of the month because it was halloween week uh we are gonna be doing the next bit of kaiju max this next week uh and then we will finish it up at the end of november uh Mm -hmm. and then of course december we like to take those last two weeks or so off uh for the holidays for the end of yeah. the year and all of that stuff. So we don't do a, an end of the month thing uh, in December. But for this next week, Kaiju Max, we are reading volumes three and four for this. You guys can find that on Comixology Unlimited. Uh, and if you would like to read them all in one go, they are nicely collected in Kaiju Max Deluxe Edition Volume 2. Um, so just be aware that they're collected in multiple places here. Uh, that is also available on Comixology Unlimited. It looks like we will be taking a dip into the women's prison uh, for this this next bit here. Uh, So I'm interested to see where this journey continues. Mm -hmm. But Melissa, after that, what are we doing the week after that? It's your turn to pitch. It is. I looked at the episodes we've done so far this year on the review show, and I realized we haven't gotten to anything animated. Except for like, if we're watching a TV show that has an animated episode, like that happened with Fringe, that happened with The After Party, we've seen animation, but we have not covered an entirely animated title. I so I've got three like anime. At least like one or two animes, right? Not this year. Well, wow. on like the 
Patreon. Uh, we talked about the one episode of um, Yasuke. Uh, the, for the, the yes, thank you. Club. Yeah, yeah. We did it. For, we did one for the Pilots Club. Like I said, there've been animated episodes or segments of live action shows. But no, we wow, haven't gotten okay. anything animated uh, in 2022. So I have three movies for you, all about cartoon supervillains. One yeah. of my favorite things. Uh, so I've got two of my very favorite movies in the series of pitches, Kyle. And one brand new movie from earlier this year that I haven't sure. seen yet. Sure. Well, yeah. Let's go ahead and start with that brand new movie. Pitch number one is a new animated movie from just earlier this year called The Bad Guys. Yeah. Okay. After a lifetime of legendary heists, notorious criminals, Mr. Wolf, Mr. Snake, Mr. Piranha, Mr. Shark, and Miss Tarantula are finally caught. To avoid a prison sentence, the animal outlaws must pull off their most challenging con yet, becoming model citizens. Under the tutelage of their mentor, Professor Marmalade, the dubious gang sets out to fool the world that they're turning good. I don't know a lot okay. about this. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think I have heard bits from like, just like podcasters or, or just people I know who are parents who've said, oh, I took my kids to that. We all had a good time. Interesting. See, it's got a solid cast here. Sam Rockwell is Mr. Wolf. Always okay. good to start out with. We've got Aquafina, Richard Iowate, Zazie Beats, Shirley Others. Don't I don't need to know all of them. Yeah. Review show alum Craig Robinson is in here. We've got many people. We've got a really interesting cast. Uh Animal supervillains, animals stealing things. That's all I know. Seems like a good time. Okay. Good pitch. Pitch number two. Personal favorite of mine. Something I've really been wanting to get on the show. Mega Mind. Knew it was coming. Yep. <laughs> this is a movie from I think 2011 or 2012. It is a DreamWorks feature. And it is about Mega Mind, who is this alien supervillain who's been locked in a vengeful combat with a superhero named Metro Man. And it's about what happens when he finally defeats and destroys Metro Man. And then he has to figure out what to do with his life. Yeah. He's like, finally, victory. I've done it. I can rule the city. And he life does that for a couple complete. weeks. And then he's like, I'm lonely. I don't know what to do with myself. So then he in secret adopts a secret identity and starts training a new superhero just so that he has somebody else to fight. And it's about how that goes wrong. Yeah. Interesting. I think this movie's a very interesting superhero tale. Uh, I think it's really solid. One of person. Yeah. And pitch number three, not exactly a supervillain, but an interesting story on protagonist and antagonist relationships somebody who knows they are the antagonist of the story and wants to be a good guy. Wreck-It Ralph. Ah, there you go. A, a movie I believe you have not seen. I actually have not. Yeah. Uh, which surprises me because this is such a love letter to video games. I hardly know anything about video games and I can still tell like how much care and how many Easter eggs are packed into this movie. Yeah. Uh, Wreck-It Ralph is the bad guy in an arcade game called Fix-It Felix Jr. Uh, he wrecks up a big building and then Felix comes out like, I can fix it! And then he has to repair the building and chase Ralph away. And so, game after game after game, for decades, Ralph has endured this. At the end of every game, Felix gets a medal. And he's like, I want the medal! 
I'm tired of being this outcast. I'm tired of being the bad guy. I want to be the hero for a change. Yeah. And so through the interconnected wires of this arcade, he goes into another game to try and get its metal, trying to go somewhere new where people don't know him, where he can be the hero. And he sort of breaks the barriers between the games and he lets a bug out into all the interconnected games. And he has to learn how to stop them. Otherwise, like the whole arcade could go down. Interesting. Okay. Good mm. stuff. Good stuff. Uh, so pitch number one was the bad guys, right? That's that's the just name of that one. Yep. The bad the guys. Bad guys. Uh, not to be confused with one, one of my favorite K dramas entitled Bad Guys and Bad, bad Guys, guys Vile City, the sequel. No, this one's different. Uh, this the one's got a tarantula lady in it. I don't yeah. know if the K drama has that. Not at all. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, man. Um, and pitch number two, Mega Mind. Pitch number three, Wreck It Ralph. Richard For the Ralph. listener, I own these on Blu-ray. I'm holding these up to Kyle to visualize the yes. choice he has to make. Yeah. Um, man, I think I'm going to go with Megamind. Because it, yes, that one is fantastic. I have watched that one before, but it's been so long since I've seen yeah. it that I don't really remember it all that much besides knowing like that was good i liked that one <laughs> um and i i think that one will be just a fun one to talk about since we we love our our good old superhero stories here on yeah podcast. uh this is an interesting twist on that mm -hmm. so good, good. Stuff. that's excellent choice i i look forward to it yeah that's in two weeks so keep that in mind uh but yeah that is about it for this week on the review show. So, Melissa, where can the people find you on the Internet? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. And listen to my other podcast, Saturday Morning Obscurities. This is a show where me and my brother Jams talk about weird old kid shows you feel like only you remember. We just put out our Halloween special this year. Uh, which also marks our second anniversary. We released our first episodes on Halloween 2020. Yeah. Congratulations. So we watched the, thank you. We watched uh, Mr. Boogity, which is a 1980s made for TV, like Disney Halloween special about a family that runs a joke shop and they move into a, a house that's haunted and they have to defeat a, a Mr. Boogity. There you go. It's very fun. I, I look it up on <laughs> Disney Plus. It's 45 minutes long. It's delightful. That's cool. That's cool. It's fun. Um, if you guys want to follow me, I am at Yo Kyle Springer on Twitter. And if you guys would like to stay up to date with all of the stuff that we do here at The Whatnots, we are at The Whatnots on Twitter. So please go like, share, and subscribe. That would help us out a ton. If you guys are watching the YouTube version of this, go check out one of the other videos that we got up right over there. That would help us out a ton. Of course, you guys know the deal with all of that stuff. Uh, this has been number 228, right? Is that what we said? At 29. The start? 200, 229. The Whatnots.